Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Good morning, everybody. We're really happy to be here. It's a happy Friday. Friday is always a, um, a day everyone looks forward to. I'm uh, Jim is still in Oklahoma and joining us from um, his hometown of Guymon. And I am back at our uh, podcast studio in Clearwater, Florida. And it is a really soupy day outside. So I think we're going to have some thunder and lightning storms, which is kind of fun out in Florida to have that. But um, we're glad you all could make it today. And um, Jim's got a couple things that he wanted to be able to to start with this morning. Um, a little bit of um, uh, follow up on our Wednesday broadcast. Sure. And um, so good morning, everyone. As uh, Michelle said, I'm in Oklahoma with family this week and uh, be back in Florida and um, and hopefully we'll have better internet over there. We thought we had our internet issues solved. I heard a little bit of a lag there in Michelle's um, yeah. conversation, but I, I I apologize for the the internet delay and the snags. So Can we'll, I tell we'll him a story it about it yesterday? Sure, go ahead. So so Jim, uh, he sends me a message and he's like, I you know I I think it might be your end, and so he asked me to do a speed test, and um, you know I've got like almost 300 upload and like uh, 38 download and he had four upload and one download. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, it's slow. It's slow, honey. The numbers cut out. Yeah. So at, at least on my side. I, and so the, the numbers uh, were much, much lower here at uh, <laughs> family place in Oklahoma. So it's the first time I've seen a, a wireless router that has a hand crank on the side of it. So it's been <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I'm kidding and exaggerating, but it's, uh, we 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 are uh, much fa faster internet speed today, so hopefully it won't lag quite as much. And and uh, and again, we we beg beg your uh, patience on that part. It should uh, catch up. I mean, you may drop out. Monday will be and back to normal. Speed up and talk real fast. Yeah, Monday will be back right. to normal completely. Jim will be back. Sure. So let's um, circle back to uh, Wednesday for those folks that. Um, missed uh, the uh, conversation on Wednesday, we would urge you to go back and find that because um, that is probably a pretty uh, good indication of kind of the theme of what I think you can expect to find out of our show. And uh, I see uh, we got, got folks in there saying, hello, by all means, throw your thumbs up in there. And uh, let's uh, do again what we've asked in the past. Just tell us what state you're from. We can't always see your, your name there, but let us know what state you're <clears throat> listening from. And uh, we'll we'll certainly try to say hello. And if you have questions, you can throw them in the chat bar there, and we'll we'll try to address them as they come. But about Wednesday, we talked about transparency, and it's really about talking about transparency of the vendors and you know lenders, funding providers that we work with. And it's just an example, I think, of where I see this show going and what we have the opportunity to to do with it. And you know, on that um, kind of same track it was asked or mentioned a while back about us being admins in the group. And I just want to make sure what in the group knows the only reason Michelle and I are admins at the group is because that's the only way we can broadcast law. Live uh, with so Tommy, you know, the group administrator uh, granted us that act. Right. Right. Yeah. So we could be uh, 
live in that way. So that's that's why I just understand that's why that's happening. <clears throat> and forgive me, I've got a little bit of a scratchy throat this morning. But the uh, the other thing to understand, we we had some uh, conversations this week. Like I had some conversations on behalf of uh, dealer clients, uh, you know, with some funding providers, and you know, I'm I'm. I'm pressing them pretty hard. And frankly, some of that is coming. And I've always asked for these things over the years on behalf of clients, but you know, part of that is just kind of having the opportunity to reach more people and rally uh, dealers, you know, around some of these ideas uh, because they're, you know, we're, we're basically stepping into a role of advocacy on behalf of, uh, of you as dealers. And I'm going to need you dealers out there to be my friend, because I'm afraid I'm not going to have very many friends in the <laughs> dealer world. So, uh, you know, I'm going to need you to, you know, look out for me on that because I really am, I'm starting to press. And, and this is kind of where I see us going as a, as a morning show is the opportunity to, you know, we're going to certainly talk about industry news. We've got a few things like that to talk about this morning, but I just want everybody to understand we're, we're really kind of trying to use this platform to be a voice for you as dealers. And so it's really important that you, you know, speak up and let us know what's important to you and let us know how we can uh, kind of add to your voice and uh, try to help, you know, frankly, get the attention of some folks who need to, um, you know, watch uh, what's happening in the buy here, payer world and, and, uh, and really, you know, recognize the things that we're requesting and uh, have a chance to, to have an impact. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to do a shout out real quick of we've got a lot of people that have popped in and uh, mentioned where they're from, North Carolina, Texas, got a couple from Texas, Tennessee, Indiana, Kentucky, Arizona, all that. So welcome everybody. I can't see your your names from my end, but um, uh, just wanted to welcome you all. Glad to have Indiana, Kentucky. I don't think we've seen them in there before, but well, let me just throw your questions in there. Uh, we just had a couple things to talk about. Again, we this idea with, with uh, uh, you know, being a platform here and being able to use this platform to, you know, get feedback from dealers. Let's learn what's important to you. Let's, uh, and obviously Michelle and I have been out there on the beat, so to speak. We've been in trenches and been working with dealers out there for a long time. And and uh, so we kind of have a pretty good feel, but uh, we get surprised once in a while in terms of, uh, you know, what is really kind of the, the hot button issue or the challenge for for dealers out there living it. So, and Tommy, we invited Tommy to join us this morning, but he uh, he's out there being a dealer. So he couldn't- Buying uh, cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's out there buying, couldn't, couldn't be with us this morning, but uh, just uh, know that uh, Tommy will step in, you know, as a, as a co-host and, and group administrator from time to time. and. And of course, we're we're also uh, for any of that are listening over on YouTube. We want to make sure that you know that uh, we have a, a good group in uh, Facebook called BHPH Success. And so, if you've not been introduced to that group, uh, we're, we're broadcasting live in there. Uh, there's also the BHPH Boardroom, which is excellent, run by Amanda Sanchez and, and Hugo. And so, we would um, uh, you know invite you to. Uh, jump in that one as well. We're not uh, currently broadcasting into that group, but uh, but I find that uh, many of the dealers that are in that group are also over here. So, in the success um, group, right? Yeah. So I think um, a couple things I wanted to touch on based on what we've seen this week is um, one the conversation just this morning Brett Buick th threw out there about um, you know the changes in the economy. It looks like we are starting to see you know some a lot of people are you know. Uh, predicting a market crash, you know, in the coming months and years. And, um, you know, I, I don't 
disagree. I'm, I'm sure we do have a correction of sorts coming and, um, you know, as a result of the impact of COVID for sure. But, um, but you know, I've never been one to try to speculate on that. And my, my perspective on our industry really has been, at least if we're, for those of us that are smaller, let's say, let's say 15 million under, and that's a lot of us that sound like a pretty big operation, but when you look at buy here, pay here as a whole, there are some, some, you know, very large operators, you know, north of $20 million portfolios. So for those of us that are smaller than that and kind of more small town and, and medium sized town, typical portfolios of, you know, five to 10 million or whatever. And we see a lot of dealers at $2 million portfolio. So that's out there as well. But I would just say that I don't see much change for, uh, dealers in that segment. Um, if I break up buy here, pay here customers into, you know, letter grades, as we've heard over the years, if you think of A, B, C, and D customers and, and D customers being the ones that we primarily finance and buy here, pay here, then I frankly just don't see a lot of change for those of us that are primarily financing a D paper customer. Now, you know, their your our economy might change a little bit locally employment might change a little bit locally but as far as our opportunity for business i really expect that that would stay the same you you know there, i see more change in the in the c paper segment and the lenders that primarily serve that segment because you know those of us that have been in this industry for decades we've seen these swings you know with 08 crash we've you know there've been major upticks and, and, you know, downturns in the, uh, larger economy and in the stock market. And we just don't typically see that have much of an impact on those of us that are out there in deep paper. So Michelle, you've heard me talk about that. What are your thoughts? Yeah. There? Well, I, you know, it's, it's interesting to me that the, it sounds like that article was more like the housing market and all of that. And, and uh, it's, it's the same thing that, you know, people have been talking about, Hey, we've got some of the bigger auto people that are starting to um, try to market to the subprime uh, subprime customer. And, uh, you know, when, when that all started, like I said, I'm, I'm new to buy here, pay here. So I haven't been around for decades to watch the trends. One of the things that Jim mentioned when, when people started, uh, saying that that was a concern, he said, oh my gosh, it's happened before and it'll happen again. They try to get into the bigger lenders, try to get into subprime. And then once subprime people do what they typically do, they don't know what to do with them. And so then they get back out of subprime. And it, it kind of just makes me wonder that a lot of this is um, is mortgage related, it seems. And that maybe it's the same thing that kind of happened before, even though it's different circumstances for a crash or whatever. But that it's like, well, we, we need to be a little bit more careful about who we lend to. We're already in that segment. So if we're doing our job and we're, we're getting all the, the, the I's dotted and the T's crossed and we already know who our customer is, that it shouldn't impact us as much. But it just seems that, you know, you get, you get some of the bigger names that keep dipping, the, dipping their toes in subprime and then they get, they get bit and they don't know how to, how to handle them defaulting or, you know, having problems with paying. Right. So you're right. That, that uh, thing that Brett shared was really more along the lines of uh, the mortgages, but obviously that can impact the larger economy and, and can potentially affect us. So let me just throw the question out there for a group, any of the that are currently listening. If you, ex if, what are your expectations about the next five years? Do you expect your business will 
get better or could get worse? Or do you think it'll stay the same? Just give us that. Um, and as we get uh, practiced up here, we'll be able to throw that in as an actual poll. But for now, just uh, maybe throw it in the comments and um, let us know. What do you think the next five years looks like for your business and buy here, pay or your local area? Better, worse, or the same? And then, you know, as Michelle touched on, what's, it's been my observation across my career that, you know, as the capital markets kind of expand and contract, um, you know, stock market is always out there looking for returns on investment for their, you know, investment groups. And they, they will sometimes stick their toe into subprime. Sometimes it goes well, but the first indication of, of defaults and, you know, any kind of a, um, you know, downturn that, that money tends to withdraw and, and invest elsewhere. And that's where I say, I think the C paper customer and the dealers who are pretty dependent on the C paper, um, you know, segment, that's, that's the dealer. I think these ones that are 20 million plus, and some of them are quite large and they, and they, you know, are successful in, in funding because they have capital to do the high ACV cars. They're, 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 and they're more affected because they're, they're also out there doing the low interest lines of credit and sourcing some pretty, you know, affordable capital and their business model leads pretty heavily on that. So when that, goes away or starts to adjust, then obviously it makes them have to adjust their business model where, you know, I've always said about my customers or my clients out there that are doing buy here, pay here, they're pretty much already doing all the business they can afford to do. So you can say, okay, well, see paper customers get hurt and now their credit takes a hit and now they're a D paper customer. So I'm suddenly going to have more customers in my local market. Well, that, very well may be true, but will you have access to the capital to be able to fund that? If you had a chance to increase your sales by 50% or hundred percent, you know, next month, would you be able to do that? With most of my dealers, the answer is no. And even if they could, you know, would they? So it's like, that's, that's where we have to, you know, I think it's really important to be consistent in our business model. Obviously most of us are, you know, accessing all the funds we can. Many of us are paying a high price for funds, which by the way, I want to take folks through some math <clears throat> on payment streaming. And we don't necessarily have to do it today, Michelle, but you know, one of the things, the conversations we've been having on behalf of some of our clients is looking at funding options for dealers that are new. Um, you know, if, if you're, if you're within the first two years of business and certainly within the first year of business are, capital sources are fairly limited. Like we just don't, um, we don't have a ton of options out there. You know, our local banks don't like buy here, pay here. And uh, while we do have a number of lenders, and as I've said, many of those I've, you know, I'm friendly with, I've known them for, you know, many of them for decades. Um, what we see is that they're just, they just don't have the appetite for early stage dealers. They want to see them, you know, create some history, create some cash flow, prove out their underwriting model and, and that sort of thing. And so what we see is that the money that is available to early stage dealers is quite expensive. And um, I'm not sure Friday morning is the right time to go through some math, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's some things to understand about um, the cost of money for us in early stage. And I'm really, you know, trying to do what I can from my position to, you know, to help create solutions for dealers that are, um, you know, in that place, because we, we need to be able to bridge our way to the more affordable money and more, um, you know, 
lines of credit, revolving lines are more conducive to us when we're looking to grow and, and have the ability to be nimble. And, um, and so that's why it's important to bridge our way to there, you know, anytime we can. So Michelle thoughts. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Um, and I, you know, a lot of our clients too, don't like the idea of having all of their, um, all of their, uh, their portfolio tied up in revolving lines of credits and things like that. And so it's just, this is kind of a squirrel is that it's, it's, I, we really appreciate when we see, um, funding options where it allows people during the, the contraction to be able to, to get the money that they need. And then during the expansion of our business, the opportunity to pay it back and then have everything on their own books again. Yeah, certainly. I think um, we're just seeing that, you know, I think that as well, we're certainly seeing some big players out there in the space without naming names, I'm, I'm going to, you know, avoid in this platform naming names. Um, occasionally it may slip be necessary, but we'll, uh, you know, in this case, we just, well, there are some players out there that are introducing some more affordable capital and, you know, we need to, you know, obviously get familiar with their programs and, and make sure because they're, you know, that's not the only factor I feel like for dealers in, um, in the ones that we work with. Cause you know, we do a lot of work over my career. I've done a lot of work with startups. We do launch packages and we help dealers get in that are brand new. And uh, so, you know, the, the, how we business, how we do the business modeling, like how we forecast their growth and help them project how much capital they're going to need kind of how's the portfolio going to perform and when can I expect to get cash positive? Those are all things that we're used to doing with our clients. And so having access to the right money, knowing uh, performance yeah. on that money. Um, you know, yeah. And knowing, you know, exactly how, um, how the entire portfolio could be expected to perform. Those are all things. If we're trying to help a dealer anticipate, you know, navigate kind of a, a high or what's at least perceived as a high risk, uh, business, then it's just really important for us to have those numbers. So this is the area where I said, you know, I had some conversations this week where I was pressing some of the, the folks that we're working with because we just are starting to, you know, press harder to get numbers. We need our, our funding sources to be transparent in terms of what's the performance. You know, if, if you want, if you expect that you're going to service the portfolio because you say our dealer client is, you know, high risk, well then now, you know, don't we have some risk because, you know, as a dealer, don't we have some risk because we're relying on you now to service the paper and we need to be able to forecast what that looks like. So that's what Wednesday's conversation was mostly about for those who missed it. And, um, and so this is where we're just kind of starting to step out there and, and, uh, you know, we're probably going to step on a few toes. Um, and, uh, it's, it's unfortunate. I wish the information were, were more free flowing, but, um, but that's kind of mm -hmm. where we feel like we can be advocates for dealers. Yeah. And like, especially w with what you, what you opened with, with that article that, that Brett shared, you know, there's a lot of dealers out there that, that we've run across that are, I, Jim tells a story about a dealer that he, when he was new in, in consulting and, and he was having a, a walk and chat with them and, and uh, Jim was asking him, so, you know, let's, let's figure out how we can make you grow. And, and the dealer turns to Jim and he says, Jim, I sell, it was like 25 cars a month and I don't want to sell 26 because, you know, sometimes we get in our, our lane and it's comfortable and we know it's predictable. We know what we can sell, but with what's happening in the economy right now, those of you that, 
that want to be able to to um, service a growing customer base, it's time to start kind of thinking about that and you know be thinking about uh, being prepared for more customers. And it's it's like one of the things that Jim and I are always trying to to help people get to the point where they're working on their business and not in their business. And this is a on your business kind of thing that's coming up. And so, um, you know, we just challenge all the dealers out there that, uh, you know, if this, if, if you have the opportunity of growth, um, what does that look like for you? How are you planning on doing that? Right. So I'm, uh, I'm checking the comments. Most of you who chimed in said that they see the business getting better. Um, business will improve. Uh, one says watching local subprime companies, they don't, uh, collect and build relationships with customers the way we do. Very important. And then yeah. on Michelle's point about the dealer who wasn't looking to grow, you know, we can, we've worked with dealers and, uh, and Tommy would be the first to tell you, I think he told you on our podcast episode that he's one to say, you know, growth is not always where it's at. Like, you know, many of us think that's what we want to do and we want to have multiple rooftops and grow, grow, grow. And I think Tommy's at least one and we know others that would say, you know, in retrospect, they wish they hadn't grown so fast and, you know, wish they'd kind of stabilized and enjoyed the positive cash flow instead of, you know, reinvesting growth. We all have our own business choices. Like, you know, as entrepreneurs and business owners, we have our own yeah. strategies. It's one of the things that Michelle and I yeah. talk a lot about with new clients is what are we, what are we looking to build here? What, what are we trying to create? You know? Yeah. What do you want? What do you see for your future? And so, you know, like, like we've said, we've seen some that have, have pulled back and want to do something smaller, but there's a lot of um, newer dealers or uh, younger dealers that haven't been in it for two to three decades that are like, all right, I'm in growth mode. I, there's a lot, awful lot that I want to be able to uh, to accomplish and and um, create a, uh, a really strong and and growing buyer payer business. And so it just kind of depends on what it is that you want to to look like, what kind of business model you want, what it is that you want for your future. So. It's a good opportunity right now. For sure. And then going back to the comment about, you know, these subprime finance companies, they don't, uh, they don't build a relationship with the customer the way we do. I, that's absolutely been my experience as well. You know, they're, they're obviously collecting from a distance. They're using, you know, phones and whatever other methods to collect. And that's certainly the wave, right? We, we certainly yeah. want to take advantage of technology and use, use digital solutions for collecting, make it easier for customers to pay. That's all, important uh and helpful but we just you know i i have yet to talk to a funding source if if it's a funding source that does their own um collections like they just sometimes that's part of the program they'll provide the funding to the dealer but they insist that they collect right and, and i've talked to many of them over the years a lot of them are still out there and they virtually all say we collect better than the dealers do they say, why should a dealer be doing their own collections? Because we collect better than the dealers do. And I'll say, okay, cool. Show me. Yeah. Cause I've got our numbers. Show me, yeah. show me that you collect better than the dealers. Cause again, I'm over here trying to write a business plan and project how the capital is going to flow and they won't show me. And it frustrates me. I ask and then I ask it a different way and I ask it a very specific way. And now I've gotten to where I'm asking for very specific KPIs by email and I'm not getting it. And so this is where I'm saying I'm trying to be an advocate on behalf of dealers. Mm -hmm. And, and so we need, we need to continue to press on that. And we need to, 
that's about pressing for transparency. And, you know, the other thing I said, I think on Wednesday is that virtually all of them would say we collect better than dealers and they shouldn't be collecting because that's kind of a, you know, negative thing. We should let them be dealers and go sell. And I think, well, that's, that's valid. I mean, I, I get that. There's some merit to that, but we, we, how do you manage the relationship with the customer? How do you stay? Um, how do I not lose the relationship with the customer? And, you know, that's, that's something we have to yeah. factor in. Well, and one thing you know, I just want to point out to our listeners is that we're not saying at all that you shouldn't have a third party collect for you. We just want to, we just want to be able to see, you know, if, if it is better, if it really truly is better than the dealer collecting, then what what we do is we're always trying to direct people to the best practices. And so if it is truly better, then you're going to see us advocating more for that. But we just can't say that it is better until we've compared it in solid ways to uh, dealers that we work with every day that do their own collecting. Yeah. And maybe another way to say this, and, um, you know, I, we, last Wednesday, we had some actual funding sources or representatives from fun, some of the funding sources on the conversation. And um, I can just tell you that if, if one of you as dealers invited Michelle and I out to come and do an assessment of your operation, and you've got an established operation as a sales department, you know, inventory department, collections, underwriting, then I just, I'll, I've said, I've gone into these multi-million dollar companies and, and I'll say it early on in the conversation. Let's understand right up front that I'm on the side of underwriting and collections. Anytime there's a, a um, kind of a conflict in the operation and we've got some kink to work out, I'm going to always err on the side of the underwriting department and collection department. Why? Because the sales department's got a one and a half year or one and a half hour relationship with a customer. The collection department's got a three plus year, probably more like four and four and a half years now, uh, you know, relationship with a customer. So we've always got to err on that side. And I know that, you know, we all know as dealers, that's where our real profitability is, is how well the portfolio performs. So my point in that is I can say, you know, in these conversations with the lenders, I'm friendly with them. They reach out to me. They, they want, you know, us to refer our dealer clients to them and I'm happy to, you know, introduce them if the program makes sense. But, uh, but I'm just always trying to be clear. I'm, I represent the dealers. Like I'm trying to make sure that the dealer has what they need. And uh, so that's why I think this opportunity to have this morning show inside this Facebook group of dealers, and let's make sure people know when they hear my voice, there should never be any doubt. You can go back and hear my voice and read my articles for many years. That's always been my position. And so that's what we're here to talk about. That's why we want to make sure and kind of rally dealers to, you know, join us in the conversation. And uh, we, we really feel like we have a chance to make a difference in, in this uh, way. And, you know, I've shared with Michelle and, and Tommy that I've always kind of seen myself, you know, being able to step into this place of advocacy because of the nature of my career and having, you know, been in dealerships all over the country and having owned my own dealership and finance company for seven years. You know, we just, we, we feel like we understand the needs of the dealers and, uh, and we're, we're constantly trying to monitor the pulse of that. And so that's why, again, this, this conversation on uh, right now, we're, we have it planned to be Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning. And um, I can just tell you, Michelle, I am not going to run out of stuff to talk about. <laughs> we, we might run out of listeners. We might run out of bandwidth. 
<laughs> we're not going to run out of stuff to well, talk and, about. And, and I just, I want to, I want to, um, uh, just let the listeners know all you people out there that, uh, you know, dealers that, that right now we're, you know, we're talking about, uh, transparency in lending and, and we're going to continue with that conversation, um, but that's not going to be the main focus of the conversation. And, and we're going to continue trying to figure out how we can rally people together better and um, uh, so that we can try to be not just Jim who Jim and Michelle who refer dealer clients to them, but as a like a united dealer group. It's like these are the things that we want. Um, we want bet more transparency, and it's not just going to be like we've we mentioned before when we started this whole conversation. Just about lending, it'll be about a lot of different things, a lot of the different um, uh, the different uh, industry providers, and just taking some people to task for transparency about what does this look like and and how does this work so we're not going to we're not going to be beating this drum about uh, about lenders for forever but it will be uh, you'll hear a beat about it if it fits into the conversation that we're going to be talking about every, every yeah it might it might be a different part of the business but we're certainly the drum we're going to be beating is about you know what's good for dealers and yeah. so this is what uh, this show can be about so we're approaching 30 minutes so it's probably a good time to start to wind the conversation down um we appreciate your patience you know michelle and i just said we got to do this we got to jump in we're figuring out the whole streaming uh, live, yeah. live stream thing <laughs> as we go and so we appreciate your patience you know as we kind of work through this but we just knew it's important for us to get out there and uh, so we hope you're uh, you're appreciating what we're being able to share and we look forward to getting we're starting to kind of figure out how to invite uh, others to the conversation and so we uh, we look forward to being able to do that and bring bring dealers into the conversation and and perhaps others but in the meantime thanks for uh, yeah. tuning in we definitely yeah. appreciate you joining Joining and Michelle, you have any closing thoughts? I, I just, you know, in summary, guys, uh, you know, again, uh, drawing it full circle around to the article that that Brett posted this morning, is is be prepared. What is it you want? What do you want your business to look like in three years? And if we have an opportunity to be able to invite more uh, customers into our portfolio, how are we prepared for that? And so start, you know, asking yourself those questions, try to uh, have the mindset of working in working on your business instead of just in your business. And and we are coming up to a time where we uh, potentially could have a lot more opportunity to help folks in our communities. Very good. Thanks for that. So, uh, again, thanks for joining us. We're going to wrap it up for today. So uh, uh, by all means, start your comments in there remember you can find us uh, on uh, youtube even the archived episodes and, and archived episodes should be available in uh, uh, facebook as well and uh, we we would invite you to subscribe to the youtube channel you should be able to find that easily enough by just uh, doing a search for jim Rhodes. like and, and subscribe uh, yeah subscribe over there that'll be the best way to find all of the stuff yeah. there. and there's a ton of uh, our podcast are over there as well there's yeah. a ton of great stuff over there so yeah by all means join us there in the meantime have a great friday great weekend hope you happy collect weekend car payments yeah, yeah.